Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are. Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live Weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show on our Twitter timeline segment by segment. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok too. But we got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us. And they help out you guys like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone & Joint Institute, BoneAndJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care farm your health plans get better with farm your health plans better coverage rates and service learn more about a health plan for you fbhp.com slash atoz and hughes and coleman injury lawyers the official injury lawyers of the titans if you've been injured in a car wreck call hughes and coleman for a free case consultation 800-800-4600 so zach uh yeah tomorrow morning will be a fun show uh, do you want to go ahead and get into that real quick before we dive into Todd Downing and something that Todd Downing must do besides call better plays? We'll let more people pile in okay, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll cue it. And we'll talk about what, what's going to happen on tomorrow. All right. So Todd Downing spoke to the Titans media uh, yesterday as he normally does every week and said a few things about Malik Willis. He talked about how he's handled the ups and downs uh, from his rookie season, but Malik Willis is getting set to make his fourth start of his rookie season. And he needs to start showing some progress, right? Because there is an immediate impact right now in what Malik Willis can be as the Titans starter as Tannehill is down after the ankle surgery. And then what the future can be for Malik Willis as, you know, what's his ceiling as an NFL quarterback? And can he be, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill's uh, predecessor or, or, you know, or follow up with what Tannehill's been able to do. So, Zach, what are you looking for uh, this week from Malik Willis and Todd Downing specifically? Well, look, Todd Downing has got a responsibility to his quarterback, and this is unique to this franchise over the last couple of years because when Ryan Tannehill took over the job after that Denver game a few years ago for Marcus Mariota, he hadn't looked back. He's played in all of those games, 12 games that year, 16 games, 17 games a season ago, and then finally – the Titans went out and got a security blanket and got a backup quarterback that they wanted to groom. You know, they tried to draft Cole McDonald and Luke Falk over the years, but those didn't work out. Now they spent a third-round pick on Malik Willis, who dropped in the draft, and they got value out of, and they've had to rely on him more than ever this season, as you mentioned, his starts. But now I think that the pressure has got to be on Todd Downing. Todd Downing has got to, you know, we talk, we put on the pressure on Todd Downing all season, right? And yeah. even last year. Last year, we were crying about how bad of a play caller he was. And after the season, Austin, that was one of the things that you said needed to change. Mike Vrabel then said that he was a great offensive coordinator. He'd done great. And, you know, he'd rolled over into this year. And we've seen what has happened this year 
It has been historic lows for a abysmal offense that has been putrid with talent, riddled with injuries. And now none of that matters in the sense of you've got two games, really one warm-up game mm -hmm. to get to week 18 in Jacksonville for Malik Willis to put on his best performance possible to try to lead this team to a playoff to then possibly buy another week of healing for Ryan Tannehill. And if he's not fully ready to go, you're going to see number seven in the playoffs wearing two-tone blue. But Todd Downing has got to improve in calling plays for Malik Willis. This is not a generality of he's got to be a better play caller. He has got to be a better play caller for the quarterback that is quarterbacking the football team. And that is going to be his tallest task in which I believe will be Todd Downing's last two regular season games as the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. If they bring him back, Godspeed to all of the Titans fans and Mike Vrabel for getting tormented if that, in fact, is the decision. I see in no way Todd Downing returning in 2023 as the offensive coordinator. So for these last two things, you're playing with house money with a new quarterback mm -hmm. and you're playing with house money with probably and should be a new playbook to get Malik Willis in situations that he can thrive because he's not ready to be a full-time starter in this league. Yeah, speaking of playbook, Noah gives Sam some lunch money. He says, good morning. My wife and I got a 30-gallon indoor trash can for Christmas just big enough to throw away the playbook full of Jeff Swaim screens. There you go, Noah. <laughs> Noah's absolutely correct. Not only do you need to throw away the playbook because it has Jeff Swaim screens in it, good yeah. Lord, but you also need to throw away the playbook because, Austin, and this is the singular thing, Todd Downing cannot treat Malik Willis like Ryan Tannehill is quarterbacking this offense or the Titans are going to lose the next two games and be at home for the holidays and for yeah. the rest of the, the postseason because they won't get a shot. I don't disagree with that. So what does Todd Downing need to do, right? How can he beat you, you? You say that Todd Downing needs to call plays better for Malik Willis. What does that mean? Well, look, Paul Korski asked Todd Downing about RPOs, and this was Todd Downing's answer. In terms of that, with you know Malik only averaged like four and a half yards per attempt, is that more of a trust issue in terms of not wanting him to chuck it 30 yards down the field, or is that more of a protection issue because you got so many guys hurt on the line? Uh, we had several routes that were that were down the field. Uh, you know, we weren't able to get to him for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, and as he continues to grow and mature, I think he'll be able to see some things a little bit quicker. I think I can put him in some better positions, and uh, all in all, we're, it's all hands on deck to get it figured out. The RPOs were pretty productive. Do you think it's diminishing returns if you do a lot more, or is sky's the limit there and you should grow on that and do more? I think you have to be wise about what tendencies maybe you created uh, formationally or how teams might adjust to the RPOs. Um, and, you know, with some other uh, RPO teams throughout the league, you get some evidence of how they might play them. So uh, you got to take all that into account, but it's certainly, a, a you know, an asset of his. It's certainly an asset of his, and I would replace can with half. I ha Todd Downing has to put him in good, better positions. He has to call plays mm -hmm. that electrify his attributes as a quarterback because he's a non-traditional quarterback, Austin. 
He is not a drop-back passer. He is an athletic guy that has wheels. We saw him in the preseason. We saw him in training camp. We've seen it at times during the regular season. You have got to change your ways on how you call plays for number seven. Here's some grace that I will give Todd Downing. You don't want to completely give away a game plan in a meaningless game against the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow night to save up for Jacksonville to maybe throw some wrinkles. But Austin, you can't have your traditional set of lining up three tight ends and handing the ball off to Derrick Henry or doing play-action fakes. You have to use his ability to run the football and fool defenses on top of because your offensive line is completely decimated. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like there has to be a quicker reaction to the play calling, and what they have to do is process things faster and simplify things. But I get what Todd Downing is saying as well. So let's react to more about what uh, Todd Downing said about RPOs and what needs to happen with Malik Willis. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, fbhp.com. Look, a little update on Farm Bureau Health Plans. I told you that my plan kicks ass. And the reason why it kicks ass, it's a lot better than my old plan. I saved 20%. But for the first time, I've been wearing contact lenses since I was in seventh grade. Never has anybody given me an allowance or any form of money so that I can see. And I, look, I got my receipt right here. I won't show you how bad my eye is. But look, my receipt's right here. I submitted that to Farm Bureau Health Plans yesterday, did a little paperwork, but I don't mind if I'm going to get money back. I'm going to get money back for my contact lenses that I have to have to see and live life. So live life, love, laugh, love. I can do all of those things with Farm Bureau Health Plans, 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee, fbhp.com slash A to Z. Change your plan today or at least get a quote. All right, download the BetMGM app, and when you do it, use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. That is with our code ATOZ Sports. It's a great time to do it, so make sure you take advantage fully of the BetMGM app and get that risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football with code ATOZ Sports. So we're talking about Todd Downing, and the one thing that Todd Downing has to do uh, to help Malik Willis and ignite Malik Willis and these last couple of regular season games. Let's play one more time the Todd Downing RPO comments from yesterday's press conference, and we'll dive deeper into your reaction and my reaction on what's got to happen uh, on uh, tomorrow night against the Cowboys. In terms of that, with you know Malik only averaged like four and a half yards per attempt, is that more of a trust issue in terms of not wanting him to chuck it 30 yards down the field, or is that more of a – protection issue because you got so many guys hurt on the line uh, we had several routes that were that were down the field uh, you know we weren't able to get to him for a variety of reasons um, you know and as he continues to grow and mature I think he'll be able to see some things a little bit quicker I think I can put him in some better positions and uh, all in all we're it's all hands on deck to get it figured out pretty productive do you think it's diminishing returns if you do a lot more or is sky's the limit there and you should grow on that and do more. I think you have to be wise about what tendencies maybe you created uh, formationally or how teams might adjust to the RPOs. Um, And, you know, with some other uh, RPO teams throughout the league, you get some evidence of how they might play them. So 
Uh, you got to take all that into account, but it's certainly a, a you know an asset of his. It is an asset of Malik Willis, and we've seen you know basically that Liberty offense with a lot of RPOs and a lot more of the R uh, with uh, Malik Willis in college as he led college quarterbacks in rushing his last two years uh, at Liberty. But I, I think so. There's a lot of things that go into this. I, I think Todd Downing is correct in the fact that they probably called a lot more deeper routes than what got completed or attempted in that Texans game. But the variety of reasons are what? The variety of reasons of not being able to push the ball down the field from Terry McCormick's question are because the offensive line can't protect or can't communicate. And what we saw with Corey Levin failing to communicate clearly to in uh, to Dennis Daly and Chig, who did not move at all, they allowed in a very quick snap sack. That that ruined a play. Then you have penalties on the offensive line that took away a 20 plus yard completion to Traylon Burks earlier in the game that ruined some Malik, Malik Willis confidence boost. Then you've got the ability or the inability for what Todd Downing said and Malik processing things and seeing things quick enough to complete them. Whenever you go watch Malik Willis all 22 camera, you see opportunities that are there that are not being thrown. But there's a combination of Malik not having that experience from his college days up to now, and also the wide receivers that are not creating separation to what Malik Willis is comfortable with. Ryan Tannehill is more comfortable throwing in the tighter windows because he's 34 years old. Malik Willis is not. And so I think there's a lot of these things that go into that where Todd Downing kind of has his hands tied a little bit of what he can call because Malik's inexperience, because the offensive line injuries, and because the wide receivers are just not dynamic. Right, but that's why he has to elevate his play calling to put his quarterback in situations that he's had now, what, eight months? I mean, probably eight months to figure out Malik Willis. He's been around him every damn day. He's in and out of meetings. He's talked to him. He's gotten to know him as a person, as a man, as a human. He's got, he probably ate lunch with him before. Like the now, like their excuses are BS. I'm tired of them. I'm done with them. At this point in the season, Todd Downing's used up all of his excuses. Of course, he could literally say that every single time. Well, we've called, we call plays that you know run routes down the field. Austin, I bet you there's been no more, and I'm giving. I, I would say five, but I'm going to say seven. Seven actual pass plays that have been in the air of 30 yards or more that have been caught. Like, the entire season. We're heading into week 17, Austin. Like, he could say that every GD week. And I, it, it's dried up. The well's dry. You now have no excuses. You've got two games to get a quarterback that you've had an opportunity to be around week in and week out and put him in the best position. It's tough. Life's tough, but nobody gives a damn. Your offensive line is decimated. I understand that. Well, then don't drop Malik Willis back in five to seven step dropbacks. Have him do read options, pull the ball with Derrick Henry, and try to create some some different tendencies from the defense to then hit something downfield. Stop throwing screen passes to dr- to Jeff mother effing Swain and get Chig involved 
with direct plays that involve 85. Get yeah. Robert Woods to do turnaround comebacks more often that we saw a little bit somewhat worked. The five round, he did those two times. He had a gain of 10 and a gain of nine. Well, you need more of that to get Robert Woods involved. Like, but then what happens, Austin, and this is just cold hard facts, homie, is they go back, maybe they, they do some of that production and then they go back to double tight end set, single back formation, handoff. Next play, double tight end set, single back formation, five-step drop, play action, sack. Now and, it's and, now it's third in your life. And like, like so everything that you just said is is factual, right? Like I I I philosophically, when it comes to football, I agree with you. But the problem is the Titans have to live in two tight end sets. They have to. Why? They don't have a different quarterback, Austin, now. No, they've Zach, got a guy who can actually run away from guys. They don't have a guy yeah, with a No, angle. Zach, they have to live in, in two tight end sets. They have to. There's no other option right now because who, who are their five best skill players? Like, if you could create a formation or just a personnel grouping with the Titans' best skill players, name them the – because you have five O-linemen, a quarterback. There's six guys. So there's five guys on the field outside of those six. Who are the Titans' best five when it comes to that personnel grouping? Who, who are the guys? Name them. Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, Chig. But Chig's a receiving tight end. Austin tight. Hooper. You're missing the you're missing NWI. The, well, no, you're missing Derrick Henry. Oh, you uh, well. Yeah, the running back is involved in the five, right? What'd you just name? Two tight end set. The Titans have to do that. And why do they have to do that? One, that's the best five dudes they got. We just named them. Those are the five I had in my mind. And also, Dennis Daly's terrible. You gotta have somebody out there to help him on nearly any type of play. And he's also been bad with Or chips. you can change your offense and spread things out to give Malik Willis they, open field space. Exactly. Austin, you have no, you have nothing to lose. You have zero to lose. You cannot, Austin, you, the Titans will be certified insane if they continue to do what they do and expect a different result. They will. They will be in a straitjacket. By the end of the year, because they will be so insane. It's the it's the it is the facts. Because but, if you continue to do the same damn thing, you're gonna continue to lose like you have the last five weeks. But not helping your tackles in pass protection is what got you here in the first place. Because that's why Ryan Tannehill needed a surgery on his ankle last week. Austin, you're playing with house money. You have nothing to lose. The whole, the general, you're Todd Downing's not going to be back next year. You're going to have a brand new general manager and the roster roster is going to be turned over. You and I and everybody else in the stands know that you have nothing to lose. Right, but it, you're talking about like... You know, I'm to, look, I'll give you an example what, of what they did to actually have some success. This is not going to take you on a playoff run. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here trying to fix the entire season so they can get to the AFC Championship game. All they're trying to do is to host a playoff game in Nissan Stadium so they can get dog stomped in yeah. front of 31 million people. That's, that is, that's what they're trying to do. But to do that, here's an example. Do you remember, and I do not have the year, but you can remember, old Ryan Fitzpatrick, when mm -hmm. he came in as a, as a backup quarterback 
they changed the offense completely. They did five wide sets. I'm not sitting here telling that the Titans should do five wide sets all the way down the field like Ryan Fitzpatrick did back in the day. But that got Kendall Wright involved for once in his career in an offense that actually was successful or more successful than the previous offense with the previous quarterback. There is an example of a franchise adapting to get a little bit more out of their offense. That is the type of adaptability that I am seeking. I don't expect. I'm I'm seeking from the Tennessee Titans with two games left to go and absolutely nothing to lose. Does that make sense? Yes, but the personnel is the problem because that's, that, but that is Todd Deming's exactly. job what? to put the personnel that he he doesn't go to the grocery store. Neither does Mike Vrabel. But you know what? Todd Downing's the sous chef. He's not even the main chef. So he can't complain. That was the job that he had. Whoever that he was given in this offense, he was going to have to deal with. Now he's been given a new ingredient. Welcome to Chopped, Malik Willis. You're going to have to figure out how to make a dessert with baked beans. Okay? Best of luck, brother. But you got to do it. And you got two weeks to figure it out. But again, like that Ryan Fitzpatrick offense that you just talked about, you know, that where they did spread it out, they had three dudes who were legitimate threats at wide receiver. And you could argue their fourth was Traylon actually Burks, Robert Woods and Chig. They're not okay. used. So Who's you don't know better? whether, what their value. Is. Uh, yeah. But that those three that, uh, that Fitz had was Kendall, Wright, Nate Washington, Delaney Walker. <laughs> so those three guys are so much better than the three guys they have right now. They also it's, didn't have Derrick Henry. Yeah. They had Chris Johnson. So that didn't suck either. <laughs> Chris Johnson, uh, had a, a thousand yards that season. Uh, and he had a uh, 340, he had four receiving touchdowns. Look, look at the concept of RPOs. You spread them out a little bit more, right? Uh, D- Derek Henry, this is a brand new set and a brand new offense because Malik Willis is quarterbacking more RPOs. So the defensive ends or outside linebackers have to make man decisions, business decisions at the line of scrimmage that then holds the linebackers and lets the wide receivers get a little more separation than they've ever had all year because they've truly I, shown that, that they can't get that. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But yeah, the, here's the reality. There's your solution. Ben Jones is on IR and he's right there next to the IR seat with Nate Davis. Like, like what, what you're doing what? now is not working. I, I know that. But so, like, I, so, Austin, you can sit here and continue to churn along and lose games or you can change. I, I'm not saying don't do more of it. I'm just saying that we have to understand that in this situation, Todd Downing is in a limited fat aspect of what he can and cannot do. And it's not necessarily as much to do with Malik Willis. It's the offensive line is decimated. I, I know, but try something else. John brings it up. He doubles down on what I've been preaching all show long. You can't give a guy a playbook written for another quarterback in which he's been given and goes it goes against Malik's talents. He is not a pocket quarterback or an under center quarterback. He is a shotgun and, quarterback. And I, and Build the run game around that. 
John, thank you for the jackpot dollars. Oh. Thank you very, very much. And that, that just those goes, are the best jackpot dollars we've had. And, and I want to go back to that comment because that just opens a can of worms uh, with everything that goes into the situation the Titans are in. And I'm going to get to that in here in a second. We are going to ask uh, here later on in the show, uh, you know, one thing that Malik Willis needs to improve upon the most. Uh, but I want to expand more on what John had to say. But first, let me tell you guys about Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. If you are injured in a car wreck, call Hughes and Coleman for a free case consultation. Their number is 800-800-4600. That's 800-800-4600. They've recovered over $1 billion for their clients across Tennessee and in Kentucky over the last 30 years. And they can do the same thing for you if that situation arises and you unfortunately get injured in a car accident. So go to Hughes and Coleman. That's who you should trust because they can go fight against that insurance company to get you every dollar you deserve. So if you've been injured in a car accident, call Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Titans, their phone number for a free case consultation, 800-800-4600, Principal Office, Nashville, Tennessee. AZ Sports powered by BetMGM. Download the app today, promo code ATOZ Sports. You see that right there on your phone. You can download the, oh, tonight, I got a bowl game. Finally, Lane Giffen and the Ole Miss Rebels in the Texas Bowl. bowl. Yeehaw! I'm going to be watching live, and you know what? I'm going to be putting a little money on it. Whether I win or lose, I'm going to be going for Ole Miss, but I'm going to be afforded that ability because I have the BetMGM app. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football, and that is for new users. The king of sports books. Download the app today. All right, so John brings this up for some jackpot bucks there. You can't give a guy a playbook written for another QB and goes against Malik's talents. He is not a pocket quarterback or an under center quarterback. He's a shotgun quarterback. Build the run game around that and go. So fundamentally, yes, John, I, I agree with that. That is why NFL teams in general like having a backup quarterback that mirrors the skill set of their starter. And the Titans took a gamble, a flyer, a value pick on Malik Willis at 86th overall in the draft because of the value there that John Robinson talked about. But we all knew that Malik Willis's skill set is not mirroring Ryan Tannehill's skill set. There is a difference when it comes to the immediate. The plan is for Malik Willis to develop long term into a more Ryan Tannehill type skill set, but then have his ability to make plays with his legs that he does have really good skill set with, and then use that. But that's not what Malik Willis is right now. And so now you're asking a, a, a team decimated by offensive and defensive injuries, especially on the O-line, bringing guys in off the street left and right to the practice squad and the active roster to now learn two playbooks? Like I, that's Yes. Just not that's what it is. Too bad. Too bad, so sad. You're going to sit here and like that. What you're saying is, I can't believe you're asking them to do that. They're professional players. They're getting paid cold, hard cash, a ton of money. Yes. They can't even practice. Like Zach, like let's let's be real. Like they're, they're doing meetings and doing walkthroughs. Meetings and walkthroughs. That's what the Titans have been doing the last three weeks, at least. What did Mike Vrabel say? More, more, do more, work more. Yes. Don't go home at four. Go home at eight, but eight to eight, Zach. I don't disagree. And I'm so you're sure. sitting there saying, Oh, well, you got to learn a new playbook. Look, you got 24 hours in a day. How bad do you want it? Yeah, but again, they don't How have, bad do you want they, it? They physically don't have enough offensive linemen 
to but go out there and say practice that. You it. said you said you're asking them to learn a new playbook. To like play that it. was a tall task. Yeah, which yes, it is, it is because there's 24 hours into, in a day. Zach, what goes into learning a playbook? Physical reps. Like mental reps are great and they are very important in meeting the whiteboard, the teleprompter, or the film, all that is important. But going out there and running through it is important too. Well, Austin, what you're doing, you're also helping the this type of playbook. You're helping the offensive line because you're putting the decision making in the quarterback's hands. Uh, yeah, and the goal, Correct? right? The goal is to get the ball out of Malik Willis's hands to or a him in open space. Or him in open space, but to get the football in open space, whether it's in Malik's hands, in Derek's hands, or somebody else's hands, quick. And RPO is a way to do that. That's the reason why Malik Willis only averaged four yards per attempt, where Tannehill was up close to 7.88 yards per attempt, is because they've got to get the ball out quick, and a lot of times they don't have the ability to do that. That's what you have to hold the defenses to open those windows. That's the point of this entire conversation. And let's give Dom his credit because yeah. he, he sprinkled a little lunchbox money right there. He says, uh, we're about to act like Malik can do that much better, whether Downing is calling a good game or not. What has Malik shown to think that he's going to be good? I don't think this is about Malik Willis going to be good. I think this is more of what do we know up into this point based on his college film and what we've seen in one year as an NFL pro? What do we know that Malik Willis can do? Malik Willis has a strong arm. He's not that accurate. He can do run play play action fakes and and he has gotten better at that. I think he took control of the offense this past week. He didn't have a lot of boneheaded mistakes where he was wasting timeouts. You didn't see that. He was in control of the offense. He was calm under pressure. There were some good things that we've seen from Malik Willis. And we've also learned that in space, he can make defenders miss with his athleticism mm -hmm. he's smart he also slides he gets out of bounds he tries not to get the extra yard to take the extra hit so dom in that short amount of time that's what i would say that's what we know about malik willis now it is the job of the offense and offensive coordinator to placate to that education yeah I, and again i agree that todd downing needs to use more rpos but I also, I, I do think this on top of, you know, Todd Downing answered the RPO question with being careful and the need to be careful and mindful of not creating too many tendencies. Todd Downing, in my opinion, doesn't care that his tendency on first and 10 is so heavy, run the football, but he's overthinking the possibility of creating other tendencies. It doesn't matter. He's got two games left. <laughs> Guarante I, I, like, he, like he's literally Todd Downing's ass is not going to be that, here next year. That, well, that's, you have I, nothing to lose. I, I, he, no, that's my not, point, Zach. I'm my not saying that he should act he's, like he's going to be fired, but he's going to be fired. Like I, I he, if he so, doesn't man. know that, Fingers he crossed. needs to go speak to somebody. But I, I again, my point is Todd Downing is overthinking creating tendencies. Uh, he's got Malik Willis. There is no tendency created. Go do what you think can do best. That's my and, point. Yeah. You've just proven my point. I, no, I agree with your point. I'm then just saying. 
Like, it doesn't matter that you have to learn a new playbook. It doesn't matter that your line is decimated. It does not matter that you only have two weeks left to go in the season. It does not matter. I will say the same two words that I said in the postgame show after they lost the worst team in the league, the Houston Texans. Screw it. It doesn't matter. So I think it does matter about the offensive line. That does matter. Austin, your ceiling is a playoff game. That's it. I know. That's all you're playing for. But it it does matter that the offensive line is the worst offensive line I've seen this Titans franchise field in my time watching them, covering them. Correct. I don't disagree. But what you're doing is not working with this offensive line. It's been proven. So are you going to continue to do it or are you going to change? I get you. All right. So let's go ahead and get to this next conversation here and ask uh, and get this question, ask you guys this question to get you more involved here in the chat on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Where does Malik Willis most need to improve his game right now for the Titans? Where does Malik Willis most need to improve his game right now for the Tennessee Titans? But Zach, tell us all about where you can improve your ride. Yeah, that's Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to get your new ride. Perfect make and model is right around the corner. All you have to do is go to Wilson County Hyundai and test drive a brand new car, whether it is the Palisade, whether it's the Sonata, the Elantra. They've got you hooked up. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Payne Bone and his team, it's family-owned and operated. It's just a quick trip down I-40, exit 236. They're hooking you up with a Awesome, awesome vehicle that you've just got to go see and test drive. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Download the BetMGM app, and when you do, use our code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. They are the king of sportsbooks, and you can win big. Uh, if you don't hit that first bet, you can win big again with BetMGM. Again, that's code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet on pro football up to $1,000. When you download the BetMGM app, Use that code. Make your first deposit to unlock the risk-free bet on pro football up to a thousand bucks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Twenty-one or older. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and requirements. Rewards issued as knowledgeable for business and credit. For best expiry seven days. For problem game sport, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Uh, Zach, what you got? I got what we're doing tomorrow. I want to oh, preface yeah. this before we get into some of your answers. Uh, A to Z Sports has evolved over the years and. Tomorrow, the Dallas Cowboys come to Nissan Stadium to face the Tennessee Titans and Malik Willis and Mike Vrabel. The boys will be in town, and some other boys will be in town. That is A to Z Sports Dallas. We're all going to have a multi-stream. Tomorrow morning show is going to be unlike anything else. We're going to introduce you to Will Steele, our host of A to Z Sports Dallas, and it will be myself, Austin, Will Steele, live on the morning show. And it's going to be a multi-stream. It is going to be awesome. So it's not going to be a traditional Austin versus Zach, Zach versus Austin debate type show, discussion type show. It is going to, we're going to, look, That the best part about this is A to Z Sports Dallas does things a little differently mm-hmm. than A to Z Sports Nashville. And we're going to blend and we're going to adapt just like Todd Downing should adapt. We are not going to just do the same show because that's not who we are. We've got to adapt. We've got to make sure that we give the best show possible. So we're going to sprinkle a little flair of Will Steele, the A to Z Sports Dallas host, Austin, myself. It's going to be a fun show previewing Titans hosting the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. So tomorrow morning, make sure you tune in. 
Yeah, this is gonna be fun. I, I'm because Will Steele. If you guys have not g- seen his uh, his Dallas show, uh, then you're missing out because that guy is super talented. We're we're super excited to have him running our Dallas morning show like he's been doing for the last year and a half or more. Uh, so glad to have uh, everybody together on everybody's stream. So it'll be the same audience we've got right here with you guys plus the Dallas audience all in one big show tomorrow morning before Titans and Cowboys. So pumped about that. So. Uh, Zach, let's go ahead and get uh, to everybody's comments here. We just asked this question. Where does Malik Willis most need to improve his game right now for the Titans? Where does Malik Willis need to improve his game most right now for the Titans? Uh, Michael says decision-making or awareness. Um, Let's see. Uh, Daniel says looking down the field. Jonathan says deep ball passing or anything over a yard. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Devin says, unfortunately, he needs to go against the coaches and get out of the pocket other than being more decisive. So Devin wants him to be more creative uh, with that there too. Um, let's see more. Uh, Grim says, be patient. 60 hustle says, be quicker on his reads, but I expect that uh, being his third start. Remember guys, Malik wasn't even supposed to play this year. I agree with 60 hustle there. Uh, Zach, are you saying anything else in the comments or want to go uh, yourself? Well, Noah says, uh, and here's some jackpot bucks says, just copy the Eagles offense. Malik has very comparable skills of Jalen hurts. And I think this, you can't just do this. No, like that. You've got to make it your own and just placate to Malik Willis's skill set. But I do think that's what kind of Noah is saying is that people also forget uh, Jalen recently developed his throwing ability. He's had that time to develop. So his that Eagles offense, and look, Will still could probably speak to this tomorrow. Is and this is a good question to ask him. What has he seen from Jalen Hurts that has you know in the two times that they've faced the Cowboys have faced the Eagles that has worked, and how would that work against the Cowboys? You know, they played a backup quarterback in the first week in Cooper Rush and lost that. This past weekend was a great game. But, you know, I do think that you've got to look at Malik Willis and, and you know, what does he need to improve on the most? I mean, I think it's it's the pocket presence to get out of harm's way, but it's also a catch-22 because your offensive line is so bad. Mm-hmm. So, like, how, how much – maybe you may not have enough pocket presence to override the inability of the offensive line to block so I will, I will, and so I think that's that's kind of contradictory. On well, I've said that, but the offensive line is so bad, it's hard to just say pocket presence. I will say the one thing that I think will define Malik Willis's career, which is the accuracy of his throws. He cannot miss. He doesn't have that luxury. He cannot miss. He's gonna have to thread the needle into to tight spots and make the big plays if he's going to want to compete the rest of this year. He'll have full development over the next couple of years, probably a new OC next year. But he has got to, his accuracy will lead him the way to score points, which entails wins games. But that's my final answer, is throwing accuracy. But Zach, that starts, like that's the end result. Accuracy is the end result of the entire process because Malik Willis, in order to be accurate, he has to be on time everywhere else. He has to be on time between the ears. His feet have to be on time to match 
that processing and that decision-making, and then he has to execute the throw. And so that's, I think, where his biggest growth needs to come is his timing process. That that will lead to better decisions and being more accurate. And I, that's what but we what, saw. Let me say this real quick. Okay. You said that in a very, like, structured quarterback sense. Yeah. That's not Malik Willis. It's just like be. the same thing for no. You're dealing with two games, right? They they've been working on this since he got here in May. I, I like that was the whole thing. Malik Willis has to work on his accuracy when he's outside of the pocket and he's running for his life. That's because he can't afford to miss those throws. I, but that because Austin, that's the position he's going to be in the next two weeks. Right, but Zach, we have he's to. He's not going to be in the structured pocket. I'm not talking about the structure pocket. It, it, wherever, wherever the hell he is on the field before he throws a football, his feet have to match his mental processing and decision-making. Because whenever you're inaccurate, your feet are all off and not on the right platform. And you have to make a quick decision and throw without your feet being there. And that leads to being inaccurate. And so that's what they've been working on with Malik since he got to the facility in May. We, we remember the videos of Malik in practice when he was doing the rollout drills and it looked like his legs were like the wacky wable and flable arm flailing tube men. Like that's what his legs were doing as he was rolling out the throw. Everything was just off. And then he, I, I remember talking and asking Malik a question about his processing. And he literally said that, you know, that his, his mind is seeing it fast enough, but his his athletic ability and his feet footwork needs to catch up to his mind. And so it, I kind of think it's a little bit uh, backwards there. He has to have his feet ready at all time. So his feet are ready to throw when his mind makes a decision and his feet are not always ready. His feet are still scattered because he's in fight or flight mode because that's what he played under in Hugh Freeze and Liberty. Like Liberty's offensive line was definitely worse than the Titans is, but Hugh Freeze didn't do him any, any favors, but fight or flight mode for Malik Willis is what he's been living in the last three years. He's played football. And that's not good. That doesn't work in the NFL. It works at Liberty, not here. And I will always say this. I don't I don't think any NFL team should drop the quarterback coming out of Auburn while Hugh Freeze is there. I don't think Hugh Freeze does a good job whatsoever at developing quarterbacks. He's out there to win games for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, that's his and, job. I, no, that's his job. But again, he's hurting Malik Willis and he's hurting the future Auburn quarterbacks that, that are yet to come. And that's not that's his the, problem. I know, but I'm just saying NFL beware. Hugh Freeze, what who were Hugh Freeze's quarterbacks at Ole Miss? Was it was it Bo Wallace? Bo Wallace, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly, and then Chad Kelly left to go to no, that's, that was Shea Patterson, right? Shea, uh, so Chad Kelly didn't do anything in the NFL either. He well, was he had, he had off the field problems. Yeah, right. He, but he, again, he got drunk at a Halloween pow- party, went into another person's house. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was something else. Uh, that was some at, uh, after the Broncos Halloween party. It was a well, that was Von was, Miller. It was Von a Miller work event. <laughs> apparently, Von Miller throws the best Halloween party in the world like, every year, and that was that one. So Swag Kelly had his own issues, but again, Hugh Freeze was not setting any, and will not set any quarterback up to be successful in the NFL. That's the not reality. I know. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that's the reality. Hugh Freeze is trying to win well, football the games. Drafted. <laughs> yeah. I know that, and that's. I think that's why they're in the spot that they're at. So, my again, my answer to this is 
he's got to improve on having his feet be more disciplined. If his feet are more disciplined, other things will follow. And look, I think Mikey's correct. He needs to work on everything. I mean, I think that's a blanket statement, but it's correct. Uh, Malik Willis is more comparable to Geno Smith. But how long has it taken for Geno Smith to get to this point? New teams, a lot of criticism. So, I mean, I think maybe that's a, a fair comp. But yeah, a lot of failure before a little bit of success, not even a lot of success. And Noah... I mean, Geno, Geno Smith is 32 years old. Geno Smith is my age. Right. So he's 32 years old. He's been in the NFL for a long time. He was drafted in 2013, and the Seahawks are his fourth NFL team. Yeah. So stuff, it takes it takes a while. So and, if Malik's going to be good in that right, right, he's not going to play for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Noah says Malik struggles to find throwing lanes by moving in the pocket. That's what happened with the first pick on Saturday. He couldn't see the defender. Yeah, the defender fooled him, and he slid over into his passing lane, intercepted the ball, and that was a huge turnover in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, John brings some jackpot bucks, and he's he's talking to you, so I'll let yeah. you read it. Yeah. So basically, Austin, you're asking Willis to become a Henry quarterback and completely ignore his talents and what got him to the NFL level. Why does everything have to revolve about around Henry? That doesn't work anymore. Adapt. I'm not asking Malik Willis to be a, I mean, Derek Henry quarterback. I don't even know what that means. I guess, is that a, an I formation under center play action quarterback? But again, that's what the Titans chose to do when they gave Derrick Henry his contract extension, what which was the it's not right the situation move. they're currently in, though. Yeah, the currently, yes. But and again, like John's middle, the middle part of that is ignore his talents and what got him to the NFL level. I think that is where and why drafting a quarterback in the NFL is one of the harder things to predict when it comes to success rate. There are so many first-round quarterback busts, maybe more busts than there are hits of quarterbacks drafted in the first round because you're p- trying to pair multiple things and find that right balance, and those and those things are traits and production. So Malik Willis had the traits, but maybe not the production that we knew would translate to the NFL. You look at Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson with the Jets had the traits, but his production at BYU was something that you didn't know it was comparable. Trevor Lawrence had both traits and production in an offense at Clemson at a high college level that we felt better about. Mahomes had the traits. You weren't sure about the production, but it hit. Deshaun Watson, both. Like So you can go up and down the list of guys. Will Levis has the traits. I don't trust the production. C.J. Stroud has a little bit of both. Uh, uh, Bryce Young's got both. Hendon Hooker has the production. I don't know what Hendon Hooker's traits truly are because of the Josh Heupel offense. So when you're when you're drafting a quarterback, that's how it works. Jalen Hurts, going back to him, because I think that's interesting to think about Jalen Hurts. He's in year three. His year one was a little bit more productive than what Malik is doing because he had some more opportunity. But Malik Willis hasn't thrown for 100 yards in a game yet. He started three games, and he's under 300 yards passing for the season. At least Jalen Hurts was had 1,000 yards passing in, in his rookie season. I, I can't remember exactly how many games he started. But Malik hasn't thrown a touchdown. But the last couple of years, you've seen Jalen Hurts put it together, and you've seen the Eagles invest in his development. 
Well, and, and that's that, why the Eagles are having success is because they have a quarterback that doesn't cost them $500 million. Yeah. They, they were able to pay AJ Brown after a trade that they absolutely destroyed the Titans on. They have a first round high round pick from Devonte Smith, who is Heisman unbelievable. Trophy, who's a I mean, freak, man. He's a, he's unbelievable. And their offensive line is all pro bowlers. I mean, go look. I know this because A is Sports Philly. I know more about the Eagles than I ever thought that I would based yeah. on this year. And their defense is adequate. That's why they're having good season, a, a good season, and the best season that they've had in some time. Yeah, and and back on the uh, Jalen Hurts thing. And Mark says that Jalen Hurts always seemed more mature. I Jalen Hurts is a different type of person. Because think about what Jalen Hurts was. He was a national championship quarterback at Alabama as a freshman. He went through some adversity. He got benched for Tua. He handled that beautifully. He transferred out, went to Oklahoma, and improved his game as a quarterback. There was a point in time, Zach, and I'm sure you remember this, where I said adamantly, Jalen Hurts has to change positions if he wants to play in the NFL. I said that on A to Z Sports probably back in 2017. And that's proven to be wrong because he's an MVP candidate, maybe front runner. And Jalen Hurts is putting that work, but he's played at Alabama and Oklahoma. He's he played under a college coach in Lincoln Riley, who has produced several NFL quarterbacks and is on his way to producing another one in a couple of years in Caleb Williams. Well, and the Not, combination of a leash, he's got an opportunity three years. As you said, he had a thousand yards in his rookie season playing basically fill-in duty that got Doug Peterson fired right at the end yeah. because he was trying to, you know, kind of flip the script and then got got. But a thousand yards is for his rookie season. And then last year, he got the he didn't play great. The Eagles were not great, but he played enough to have the roster, and this is the key for the Philadelphia Eagles. They surrounded him to help his skill set. And the Titans, to be honest, if they're going to continue to ride and die with Malik Willis, they're going to have to take that same approach where next year is going to be maybe a 500 year or less than 500 year, but they're going to have to catch up with their draft picks to help surround Malik Willis and have him grow. If you're going to take that same approach, then 2025 is going to be Malik Willis's year if you're willing to hit your wagon to Malik Willis. Yeah. It, it, mm -hmm. And so I'm looking more into the Jalen Hurts comparison there too. Jalen Hurts came from a bigger system in college and benefited from the exposure that Alabama football gets and that Oklahoma football gets and was able to work that and grow his way into becoming an MVP candidate quarterback. And I, I don't, Malik Willis has just been at Liberty where he can. Yeah. And it's, they're not the same, right? No. Like they didn't come from the same place and look, you can Jalen hurts was a lot more mature as a man, his rookie season than what we've heard and seen from Malik Willis and maybe the sum of his approach. Zach, I'll you, say this. Jalen Hurts has, has been more mature than the majority of people in his age group. Like Jalen Hurts is an outlier. Like, like think about all like the national scrutiny that Jalen Hurts went through at Alabama getting benched for Tua and handling it like a champ 
and doing what he did earns a lot and you go through a lot there. Jalen Hurts deserves so much credit for where he's at and how he's been able to work through the adversity he's been through at a young age. It's life experience. And when you have life experience, yes, you, you, you mentally are better and more prepared for hard, the hardships and the success because they're both Jalen hurts has handled this success pretty damn well. Yeah, and Grim Jim says McNair came from Alcorn State. So what's your point, Zach? Yeah, but Steve McNair didn't start until his like third year in the NFL. Yeah, Grim Jim. You like, gotta like, remember McNair, it wasn't like Mac Nine came out just guns a blazing, you know, unbelievable doing all the things. He was behind Neil O'Donnell. Like he he had the opportunity to learn. This is the same setup that Malik they want with Malik Willis. And now he's getting an opportunity to gain life experience or game experience in the end of his rookie season they're you know the Titans got to figure out if they're going to build on that and cut ties with uh, Ryan Tannehill what the new general manager is going to do are they going to continue to put assets into the Malik Willis project or are they going to go a different direction you never yeah. know what a franchise is going to do. Well, and uh, so it wasn't Neil O'Donnell. Uh, Steve McNair started behind Chris Chandler. <laughs> for That's right. First, yeah. So Chris Chandler started 13 games in McNair's rookie season. McNair only started two. Uh, and the tight and the Oilers at that time were not any good. Uh, so, you know, again, like then McNair grew from that, right? He didn't, he started, uh, I believe if my internet tab loads, again, on the McNair uh, stats that I've got. You know, he started two games as a rookie. He started uh, a few more as a second-year player before becoming that full-time guy in his third season. Started two games his first year, four games his second year. Malik Willis is about to have his fourth start, then his fifth. So that's the difference there, is that McNair was allowed to have time, and that's what the NFL was in the mid-90s was draft a quarterback, let him get ready, not just draft a quarterback and throw him out. Well, look, I think the best part is is we're going to see more of Malik Willis over the next two weeks to actually form an opinion instead of having this mystery. Is it under the best circumstances? No, but it never was going to be. It was either Ryan Tannehill was going to do such a poor job and lose, lose, lose that they had to force to put Malik Willis in or he was going to get hurt. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Now Malik Willis is scrapping and clawing to try to make this team in the playoffs, but you hope that he grows up in the process. Yeah, and, and I, I want Malik Willis to be successful. He, he was a fun guy to be around and to watch practice at training camp, and I want to see that grow. I want to see more of that because people talk so highly about him, but there's a long way to go. And we knew that when the Titans drafted him and we knew that when we saw him start his practice and as a pro football player, he's got work to do. And so Zach, you want to get to Mike Vrabel's comments about what Malik uh, has to improve upon before we move on to shade. Cause yeah, I, I, do, I do think it's, I do think we need to talk through this because, or at least Vrabel have Vrabel explain what Malik needs to grow with because we already answered the question. So here's what Mike Vrabel says about where Malik needs to improve most over these next couple of games. After seeing the film, what are the areas where Malik absolutely has to be better to give you a chance to win this week or beyond? Well, I think just overall, just comfort level, you know, being quicker with progressions, not holding on, you know, not waiting things out, you 
knowing that you don't have all day, being good operationally. Thought he made some good decisions, some really good decisions to to pull, uh, when to give it, uh, extend. I thought when he was decisive, um, you know, was able to get to some guys. Unfortunately, Chig, you know, put the one on the ground and dropped it, and but he got to Bobby and got to Nick on, you know, third and long, and, and was able to get to Woods and. In, in his own. So, you know, there were some things there that were good, but then obviously I just want to continue to progress. Yeah, there were things that were good, right? Like the, the stick routes that you talked about in the postgame show, Zach, that worked to NWI to Woods and Chick dropped the one. He threw that uh, nice throw to, to Burks that got called back because of an NPF hold. So there were good things. It was better versus the Texans than it was against the Texans the first go around and the Chiefs the second start. So it, it, I'm with Vrabel and all that. He, he definitely needs to have that overall improvement when it comes to timing. But can he? Yeah. We'll find that out tomorrow night. That's right. Let's throw some shade here to wrap up this Wednesday show. But first, let me tell everybody about our friends at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who to go to, who you should trust when it gets back to getting back to full health and recovery when it comes to these specialists they have. Uh, over a dozen physicians there at the Bone & Joint Institute who specialize in any type of injury you could possibly have, whether it's just life in general, playing rec sports, your son or daughter playing those youth sports. And they also have the state-of-the-art rehab facility on campus in Franklin as well. Satellite clinics across Williamson County uh, in Brentwood, Thompson Station, and Nolensville, boneandjointtn.org. It is eSports. We're powered by BetMGM. But don't forget, tomorrow we've got a special, unique show. We're bringing in Will Steele, the host of A to Z Sports Dallas, and his YouTube community. We're all going to be a big, happy family and then duke it out at the end of tomorrow night live in, in Nashville as Nissan Stadium hosts the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are going to be wearing some sick uniforms, all icy white. You want stormtroopers, Austin, the, the Cowboys are going to have stormtroopers tomorrow night. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be a unique experience and a unique show right here on A to Z Sports tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. You also don't want to miss throwing shit. Shade here to wrap up this Wednesday show. I will throw some shade uh, here in a second. Uh, Jeff says, shade on all these Colts fans that are slobbering over Will Levis and want him above everyone else, like learn football. Man, the, the ridiculousness of uh, <laughs> of Will Levis's draft hype, I, I don't understand it whatsoever. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, CJ says, throwing shade to himself for forgetting uh, to charge his phone. Uh, I did say, Renault, uh, see this, Renault says, did you guys do a bone and joint interview on Tannehill's ankle surgery. So that's something that I've got bookmarked for next week. This week has just been nuts because of the, the Cowboys game Thursday night, the end of the year, a bunch of other things, but I do have that bookmark to figure out can Ryan Tannehill go through that, uh, that surgery on his ankle uh, the tightrope surgery and then come back for week 18. So be ready and be on the lookout for something there with a doc talk segment from the bone and joint Institute. Uh, so uh, Zach, what is your shade today? Or you can check out more shade in the chat. My shade is false hope and false hope in the sense of, you know, I watch, I watch all NFL football. I'm a football junkie at any point in time, whether it's Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, I will watch Jags 49ers. I don't care. I love it. But I watched 
closely in it, really three main teams, the Titans, the Bucks, and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys we'll talk about tomorrow. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Titans are Spider-Man. They are looking themselves right in the face. And they are so close to both making the playoffs and like giving false hope to maybe they could do something, but knowing that they are a terrible football team. The Bucs are just as bad as the Titans. I, like they may be worse. The Titans are probably worse, but that's what I've had to like deal with over the last several weeks. Obviously, the last five weeks, it has been brutal. So false hope in my mind, that's my shade of the Bucks and the Titans possibly making the playoffs and giving me false hope that maybe they can do something. Is Tom Brady going to be able to win a playoff game? No, <laughs> no, no. I'll just say that. Anything, are the Titans going to be able to win? Are the Bucks going to be able to win? My answer is no. Yeah, where will Tom Brady play next season? That is something that we will, I'm sure. Not discuss. Tampa. Not, no, it's definitely not Tampa. And I definitely don't think he's retiring on this note. I think he's going to pl keep playing. Uh, which This is insane. wild though. I mean, how long can you do this? Yeah, the I don't Titans? know. Titans need a quarterback. There's and look, we got that in our back pocket for. Uh, Would you want a washed forty-six-year-old Brady? What's his cap hit? <laughs> I, I don't know. He'll give you a discount. He'll give you a deal. Don't Maybe. answer that. We'll no, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer that at all. All right. So my shade uh, is going to be on the heat, pun intended, that the Titans took for having their lights on at Nissan Stadium all last Friday night from people around the city because what everybody who did, huh? Was there heat? Oh, people. Uh, yeah. Like social media was like getting after the Titans for having their lights on at Nissan stadium all night long. When Friday was that eight degrees, zero degrees, negative 12 wind chill and all that. And people were hating on the Titans for having those lights on. Guys, there's a reason why they would have lights on. The Titans don't just leave their lights on for no reason. And it came, and it came out, uh, I guess, Saturday before the game that the Titans had people working at the stadium throughout the night to fix bursted water pipes. And so, like, yes, there's a reason why the stadium lights are on. They don't keep the stadium lights on for no reason because that's a pretty big bill itself is to run that stadium, and they're not going to do that uh, for no reason. So, my shade is on the people who jump to conclusions and think the Titans were just stealing the energy from the rest of Nashville without reason. Well, when you've got, and Jim Wyatt posted these out there, uh, that, you know, they had a lot of just flooding water everywhere in that stadium that they had to go up and fix. And so they had to get that work done because you can't allow that to continue. So, like, my, so just, like think a little bit, like think that there is some, there's a reason behind. Well, like I think the, you know, with the, the mayor making decisions for this city, I think it is fair to question things. So I'm just say. saying like, that's what I would say though. There's a reason for things. Uh, you know, trying to just get more money for better infrastructure for rolling blackouts and delaying football games because the government has paid for the stadium and taking that advantage of that. Uh, I would question, I will question the mayor. That would be my two cents. All right. So that'll wrap us up for throwing shade on 
this Wednesday. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Once again, Zach, take us through tomorrow morning. Different show, big show here on A to Z Sports. Yeah, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville and AZ Sports Dallas. We are joining forces tomorrow for a multi-stream. We'll have Cowboys fans in here, Titans fans in here. This will be a fun, fun show with Austin and I and Dallas host Will Steele. We'll let, let him kind of drive the show and we'll sit back, relax, and talk football. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. And this is going to be a fun, fun experience, I think, for both communities and excited about getting prepared for a, a game that will showcase Two teams, a lot to talk about. It's prime time. These prime time games are not just given; they're somewhat earned. Now they may be given to the Cowboys because uh, <laughs> of of their fan base, but it's going to be fun tomorrow. Tune in, different experience. We're looking forward to it. All right, guys, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on that Thursday. Don't forget, Buck Rising will be live tonight for A to Z Sports Prime Time. That's eight o'clock. PM Central Time, wherever you're at on these same channels. So check out Buck on A to Z Sports Primetime. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning for that big show. Appreciate it as always. Adios.